Welcome to Thursday Night Thoughts. I'm your host, D. Allen. So each one of these episodes is essentially going to be FFT. Of course, it means food for thought. Now, my goal and hope for these episodes is that you were able to take away maybe a different perspective or a different point of view or maybe some insight or knowledge on the topic. It gives you something to think about. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to episode 7 of Thursday Night Thoughts. I'm your host, D. Allen. Tonight's topic, police behavior and accountability. Now, since this is such a big topic and really can go on endlessly in its discussion uh, about police behavior and accountability, I broke it into two parts. Um, so it's not super, super long. You know, it's like an hour-long podcast. Um, so this is going to be part one of police behavior and accountability and then next week i will finish with part two of police behavior and accountability now this is a very controversial subject as we know and i'm sure if, unless you live under a rock you're aware of the police brutality and the police behavior and all of the you know the violence involving police throughout the country and even world you, you've heard all about that with the george floyd and like the many other you know citizens who have died at the hands of the police you know and it's just it's a huge controversial subject and so i wanted to kind of give you my thoughts on the subject and again this is not going to be exhaustive it's not going to be a, a hugely deep dive into the subject but that's something that should be done and it is being done on a higher level than just my podcast um but this is just my thoughts on the topic so let's get into it so my first point, good cop, bad cop. So I personally don't really like to add labels to people, but for the sake of this segment, to differentiate them, the label will be used temporarily. What do I mean by bad? Well, I mean that's fairly elementary. You can determine a person's character, demeanor, and their intentions by viewing their actions, right? You know, the Bible says you will know a tree by the fruit that it bears, right? I mean, literally, you will know a tree by the fruit that it bears. If it's bearing apples, you know it's an apple tree. If it's bearing avocados, you know it's an avocado tree. And it's the same thing. You can determine a person's character and intentions by their actions, the way they act. Actions really do speak louder than words. To protect and to serve. That is literally the motto that is printed on the side doors of a good number of police patrol vehicles in many states, including the LAPD the Los Angeles Police Department. So let's break it down. To protect and to serve. First off, to protect. Dictionary.com defines protect as to defend or guard from attack, invasion, loss, annoyance, insult, etc. To cover or shield from injury or danger. Now, I'd like to hope and give the benefit of the doubt that the majority of the individuals who select the occupation of quote-unquote police officer really do intend to adhere to that definition when they are sworn in. As with a lot of things in life, the old adage, a few bad apples spoils the bunch. If you don't really like apples, then you don't really care about a couple bad apples spoiling the bunch. You know, I personally like oranges. So that old adage can most certainly be applied to this profession. I mean, if you look at this profession globally in comparison to the number of individuals that have chosen to be police officers, I'd like to think that the majority of them really do desire 
to operate in a fair, honest, respectful, and trustworthy manner when dealing with the public, and far outweigh the ones who do not, i.e. the bad apples of the bunch. Why am I picking on apples? Hey, I didn't create the adage. Don't get mad at me. If they're not able to perform their duties with the qualities I previously listed, then maybe law enforcement should not be their occupation. Let me, let me say that again. If they're not able to perform their duties with the qualities I previously listed, you know, which is to be fair, honest, respectful, trustworthy when dealing with the public, then, you know, maybe law enforcement should not be their occupation. And of course, everybody has a bad day and takes it down on the innocent. You know, you have a bad day and you yell at the barista or cranky with the cashier at the grocery store. So everybody has a bad day. And those are, you know, situations where we need to learn from those and, and not allow our, our emotions to get the best of us because it's not the cashier's fault. Or maybe it is, you know, even if it is, but you know, in those points, you want to take the higher road and, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, which really is, it's an old adage, but it really is the Bible. I mean, that's in the Bible too. So of all the occupations out there where, you know, we have a bad day and take it out on the innocent, a police officer should have the emotional stability to rise above it because their job is not to take out their frustrations on the public. Am I right about that? That's not their job. It's not in their job description that you can take your frustrations out on the public if you like. I've never seen a, a contract or an application to be a, a police officer, but I can 100% say that it doesn't say it's okay for you to take your frustrations out on the public. So certainly without interviewing the bad cops, who I'm almost certain don't consider themselves as bad cops, I can only venture a guess the core behavior issue behind why they would be considered bad. Maybe they have anger issues. Maybe they have issues at home. Maybe they were picked on in school and now they feel that they have the authority and the right to take it out in the public. Who knows? With good reason, most of the news reports and video that has come out in the past years have displayed these bad cops. A few major examples. The police officer who's literally stood in a circle beating Rodney King in the street. The police officer who put his knee on George Floyd's neck for a number of minutes. Were they protecting and serving when they were demonstrating those actions? Or were they taking out their frustrations on the public? I would venture a guess that the answer would be the latter. They were absolutely not protecting and serving. As a matter of fact, they were doing the exact opposite of protecting and serving. They were inflicting violence upon the public. Their actions are the very opposite of what is listed in the definition of the word to protect. Which brings me to my second point. Some people probably shouldn't be police officers. You know, with those few major examples, among the numerous others, but I just wanted to list a couple of the major ones that have kind of, you know, really changed society. I mean, the Rodney King beating, that changed society. I mean, that was a major point in history. The same thing with George Floyd. That was a major point in history. From now until the end of this life, people are always going to talk about George Floyd. When you say that name, you know exactly what we're talking about. When you say Rodney King, you know exactly what we're talking about. So those are two major historical moments in history that changed life. And it's undeniable that, that those police officers were indeed bad cops, or as I like to put it in a non-labeling way, individuals that really shouldn't be police officers, right? I mean, because you can't say that, you know, the police officer who had his, his foot on George Floyd, which ended up in his death, you can't say that, well, it was a mistake. Well, it was a mistake that cost someone their life. It's unacceptable, completely unacceptable. Same thing with, with the Rodney King thing. You can't say that those, well, those guys made a bad decision. They never should have made that decision in the first place is what I'm getting at. My overall point is it should never get to that. It shouldn't be, oh, that's a bad decision. No, it just should never even get to that decision. If they don't have the personality or the patience to be a police officer, then you shouldn't be a police officer. 
I mean, it's really that simple. It's a mental health exam that they need to go through. And they really need to screen these individuals better. Because some of them don't have the emotional stability, like I said before. They unfortunately, for whatever reason, have chose an occupation for which they most likely and apparently don't have the temperament or patience for. So, of all the occupations available on this planet, when you're dealing with the public in a potentially stressful and highly dangerous environment, it is mandatory that the prerequisite of the job be an even neutral temperament and personality. Someone who doesn't jump to conclusions or inappropriately escalate the situation, but rather has the ability to de-escalate the situation and most importantly doesn't abuse or overstep the boundary of the profession. So, you know, they're tactically trained, they have a firearm on their hip, and they're assumingly answerable to no one on the street. They can pull that gun and they can use it if they feel the need to. Now, a lot of that, I think, can go to someone's head. So, in, in my opinion, I think a lot of them do let the power get to their heads and really start to believe that they are answerable to no one on the street, knowing that their fellow officer will back them up. So, in that assumption, the role of the police officer has been subconsciously morphed into some sort of pseudo-legalized armed gang mentality, you know, almost like... Yo, we run these streets. Hey, I watched Serpico in Training Day. I know how it is. I'm partially kidding because those are movies, but, you know. I'll give you a couple personal examples of abuse of authority and a police officer just being abusive to high school kids. The first example happened to me when I was a senior in high school. So I was around maybe 17, 18 at the time. Now, my friend and I both had really old station wagons, and a bunch of us were out driving around one night, and we were at a stoplight side by side you know we pull up and we're, we're next to each other and we both somewhat kind of gunned it you know we, we pressed heavily on the gas pedal you know we accelerated quickly when the light turned green and both of us were under the speed limit so we weren't speeding but a cop saw this and threw the lights on and pulled us both over now when he approached my car i did the usual give him my license and registration insurance whatever he asked me how come i didn't have a seatbelt on and i said i do have a seatbelt on officer to which he said i don't see you with a shoulder belt buckled and i grabbed my lap belt and showed him that it was clearly buckled i said this is a 1965 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser and in 1965 they didn't have shoulder belts because they weren't invented yet. His response was, are you getting smart with me? So I said, no, officer. I'm just explaining to you that in 1965 they had not invented shoulder belts yet for vehicles. So he had me start my car up. He said, yeah, you're the loud one. I could give you a ticket for that too right now and make it stick. And he was like, you know, super aggressive with me. And so he ended up giving both of us tickets for what he called unlawful acceleration. Now, I've told this story to a number of people. And when I say that, they're like, what's that? And I said, exactly. What is unlawful acceleration? So if you analyze that, how much is unlawful? It's essentially a judgment call of what the officer considers unlawful. Because again, my friend and I, we weren't speeding. We were still under the speed limit. We just accelerated hard from a stop. So it's a judgment call. So my friend decided not to pay the fine and took it to court and appear before a judge. And you know what? <laughs> 
The judge ended up dismissing it because it was a judgment call, exactly what my friend and I both thought it was. What is unlawful acceleration? It's a bogus ticket. It's what the cop deemed unlawful. So in the end, my friend and I didn't actually break the law. But since he was a, an older cop and we were high school kids, he felt he could harass and demean a couple of high school kids and give out invalid citations for whatever reason. So to me, that's, that's an example of abuse of power. One, he was abusive to me when he said, are you getting smart with me? And just his aggressive tone when he said, I could give you a ticket for your loud car and make it stick. When he was aggressive and just kind of like talking down to me, you know, that's inappropriate behavior from a, a, a law enforcement officer. Thank you for listening. It is greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it on your social media. Tell others about it. Put up billboards in your hometown. No, no don't do the billboards. I'm only kidding. Until the next episode, it's Thursday night, and those are my thoughts.